Welcome to episode 59 of Therese Talk. I'm your host, Therese Main. By day, I co-host a morning radio show on a network in New York and Pennsylvania. By night, I'm a podcaster. If you're a woman like me who loves Jesus and just wants to serve her family and community a little bit better, you're in the right place. If you would, take a moment right now to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. We are in a battle every single day. It's raging in your mind, and it's not like any war you've ever seen in the movie because we can't see the enemy. The battle, it's for your soul. God has equipped us with everything we need to fight and to win. Scripture tells us the Bible is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. That's from Hebrews 4. Today, we'll hear from a woman who has put that weapon to the test. It's Ellie Holcomb. She's a musician and a mom of three kiddos, ages nine, six, and three. What a busy season. Somebody told me the other day that we are in what people call high noon, which is you have like the least amount of resources and the most amount of need from your children. Wow. Like you're usually at a busy point in your career. Right. And then they have, they just have like physical, they need a lot. And so, but I will say it is, we are having regular dance parties every night. Like I am loving being with Mm -hmm. them and being their mama, even on the days I don't always know how to do it. You know, like our three-year-old is like a joy tornado. He is uh, just a ball of energy. And so, you know, he wakes up and he's like, Time. He's our alarm clock every day. Uh, Yeah. It's like time to get up. (laughs) You know, it's so funny because I think so often we as parents, especially as moms, like we look back at the seasons that have passed and we're like, oh, I miss this. Or and I think that the enemy uses that to kind of steal the joy from the season that we're in. There's so many like every season has joy. And just don't let the enemy make you think that oh, I didn't do enough in that last season. Like, oh, don't look I back. Lo- that is that is a good word. It is a good word. And it's honestly one I go, I have to go back to, because I think there are, like, all you want to do as a parent is, like, get it right, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> like, right. Well, there, you're not going to get it perfect. That's the thing that you have no, to remind that's yourself it. of. Yeah. That's it. But it's so good to remember you know, that even when we're parenting and we don't get it right and we make mistakes because all of us do. Sure. um, To know that even though God's given us these kids to raise and to take care of, they're his kids. Right. And on top of that, we are also his kids and he's going to take good care. He's got us in his hands. He's Mm -hmm. got our kids in his hand. And so that's been a really, a really sweet reminder. And I have, I don't know, for whatever reason, Therese, when I was pregnant with our first little girl, I mean, almost like nine months pregnant, the point where everybody's ready to not be pregnant anymore. Usually (laughs) um, I got a wedding invitation. We got a wedding invitation in the mail and I just started sobbing. And my husband was like, what is wrong? And I was like, she's going to grow up and she's going to get married and leave us. And Drew was like, she is not on the outside yet. Like, we still have time. So I've always had this like keen awareness that this is going to go really fast and, and it is, it's flying and I want to slow down time every day, almost every day. There are some moments that I'm like, okay, moving along (laughs) (laughs) during this timber transition, we could speed it up a little bit, but I'm so glad for you. I'm so glad for you and your success and your joy. And you're kind of a joy bomb. I don't know if you know that or not, (laughs) but like every time I'm around you, I'm like, "Ah, 
got Sally and she has all this joy. Have you always been that way? My mom and dad say that growing, like growing up, they were like, you live in a musical. I just, I'm a seven on the Enneagram. Do you do Enneagram stuff? Seven. Yeah. Seven. I was like, I feel some seven energy from you, but we're the enthusiast. And so I think it's been, you know, it's so interesting. I feel like that my whole journey, the past couple of years has been actually, I've had to really learn how to grieve and to lament because it is, does not come naturally to me. And that actually gets unhealthy after a while. If you can't actually like grieve, like we're called even in scripture to lament and to rejoice. That's like both, those are both forms of worship actually directed towards Jesus. And so it's been a really beautiful thing to learn to how to grieve and how to weep and, and sit in the sorrowful places and then encounter the man of sorrows himself, even in those deepest places of pain. And that's a reason to sing even in the valley. And when we sing in the valley, our voice is actually multiplied and it echoes off of every broken piece that got us down to that low point. And so it's been a really beautiful, I feel like there's this sense of, um, an even deeper grounded joy that God is writing into my story that I feel so grateful for. And it's easy. And I think our culture kind of perpetuates this idea that you can like happy your way through anything. But if you don't stop and take those moments and yeah, we get disappointed and we're like, God, what was that? Like what yeah. happened there? Like, can we talk about COVID? You know what I mean? But if you don't take those things to the Lord and say this really upset me or this was painful to me or this was then you don't have that opportunity to let him heal those things and work out those irritations in your life that are really just going to fester and get gross. Yep, that's exactly. I I for me I didn't know how to grieve and then after years of kind of like shoving that down and I have been on, it's been via a counseling journey and then the Lord being so kind in the midst of that. Um, so I'm a huge fan of counseling, but I, I, I think for me, my grief started coming out sideways. Like, like kind of, you're saying festering and all of a sudden I was like, Oh, that's not, that's a weird response to that, you know, very small circumstance. So it's been such a beautiful journey and I, cannot recommend Jesus enough. (laughs) So I think that he is like the kindest. I I think for me, as I like learn to grieve, I feel like I encountered the empathy of God. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that he sent his son down to this broken, weary world to break for us and then walk up out of a grave so that we could know that the end of our story is never the suffering and the sorrow and the brokenness. That's not the end. It's Mm -hmm. there is healing and hope and and wholeness ahead for us, no matter, no matter what, that's the end of the story. And so I think it's been a really beautiful thing to kind of go to the very depths of grief Mm -hmm. and know that there's hope even there. This new book that you have fighting words kind of came out of annoyance, if I can say, you, (laughs) which it's amazing. You get a woman of God annoyed and a lot of things get done, right? I mean, it's true. We will organize a potluck or we will write a devotional. I mean, it could really go either way, but, but you were sitting down with a friend and, and I get so frustrated sometimes with friends who look to 
soothe the wounds of their hearts with things of this world because it ju- it makes me crazy when I'm like, literally, we have a book that tells you all the things and it makes me nuts. But I don't handle it as graciously as you did because you sat down with your friend and you were like, look, we've got these champion verses. We're going to work through this. And then it manifested into this 100-day Devo called Fighting Words. So tell me about that process from annoyance to anointing. <laughs> no, I love that so much. And in that, just what the Lord does, he does. He, that's how he works. And I, Teresa, I was sitting, uh, listening to her share her heart and golly, depression is so hard. Anxiety. Like, I feel like that is rampant right now. And I know it personally, I've had like my own fair share of anxiety. I've had a couple of panic attacks. I mean, that they're, they are awful. And so if you're there and that's where you are, I just want you to hear you are not alone. And that is not who you are. Because in the middle of this conversation, I'm like, man, there are so many lies that you're believing. But I realized I was believing lies too. And I realized maybe it wasn't enough to just like acknowledge the lies. Like that's a really important part of the step, but there is an enemy and he's called the father of lies. And when he speaks lies are his native language, that punk, he is such a jerk. I mean, I'm just like, he's stealing all the joy, all the peace, the John 10, 10 life to the full that Jesus comes to offer us. The verse right before that is the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come to give you life and life to the full. And I'm like, I want the full life. And God calls his word a sword. And I realized maybe like, I'm going to use it. I'm going to use his word. And so it wasn't enough for me, at least, and for my friend to just say, that's a lie. That's a lie. We needed to replace the lie with something stronger than the lie, with something sturdier than the lie. And that is the word of God. And it, and it has changed us, Therese. Like it has changed us as we've memorized God's word. And it's been such a joy with the book. It started just on Instagram. I do fighting words Fridays on Instagram in my little corner, you know, of the internet, uh, writing down a verse that I'm clinging to that week and how God is using it to encourage me. But as we've memorized scripture together, and that's the invitation of the book is to bury some treasure deep in your heart. And I'm not good at scripture memory by any means, but it has changed me and it hasn't changed, you know, the circumstances. It's not like memorizing scripture, just like magically took away my friend's depression. Uh, but it has given us solid ground to stand on and to anchor down into when the shame storms roll in. And it's, it's changed, transformed me from the inside out and given me sort of this ever present source of light, even in the darkest night of my soul, I'll be praying and God's word starts coming out. And I'm like, Oh, this is good. (laughs) This is good because this is light and light as it turns out is always stronger than the darkness. And so I think for me, the invitation of the book is to walk up to the darkness in your own heart in your own mind, and then also walk up to the darkness in the weary world around you and speak life and light and hope into that. And I'm just so grateful. And it's been so fun to do that sort of in community of people now who are reading along and following along on the internet with the book. This idea of calling out the lies, which is so true, because if you stop and you think what you've believed, you'll be like, well, that's not true. You know, but to replace it then with scripture. And I'll be honest, straight up, no shame in my game, Google. I'll just be like, what does the Bible (laughs) say about 
this, you know, yes. because I don't always want to get out like the three foot tall Strong's Concordance, you know, and you've got the Google right on your phone. So just Google. And it's funny because if you start to take the lie, Satan is not creative. Like he just is not creative. God is creative. He made all the stuff, but Satan is not creative. And he will take that same lie to you and he'll use different words, but probably the same lie that you believed before you got saved is the same lie that you're still battling now because he's just not that creative. And so once you see that lie and then you kind of find the anecdote for the lie, the truth from God that addresses that very thing, you can begin to pop it into place. And and when you can't memorize scripture, man, if you can just know the heart of it, you know that I am this. You're saying this enemy, but I am this. I know that Jesus died for me because I am this. You can start to place it into place. How can we be better at memorizing scripture? Because it would be so good to not have to Google everything. Right. <laughs> no, well, I, listen, I am like a stumbling and and tripping scripture memorizer. Like I am not perfect. And so I think the first thing is you don't need to put any shame on yourself, but know that there is this invitation there that God gives all of us to write scripture on our hearts. And there's this promise that the truth sets us free. And so to me, when I move from like the labor or like the weight of that to like the delight and the invitation of it, that is really helpful. But for me, and this is funny because I'm not that good at it, but if I can sing it, if I can sing it, it really helps. And I actually started writing just little scripture songs. Um, and sometimes it can be, you know, the ants go marching two by two, hurrah, hurrah. Like that for the first one that I ever wrote was just to that little melody uh, for you will keep in perfect peace with him who is steadfast because he trusts in you, trust in the Lord forever for the Lord. The Lord is the rock eternal. Dun, 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 dun. Isaiah 36, three and four, boom, boom, boom. And I would just walk around singing that little song. I didn't write that melody, but singing that song helps me know that verse. And so it's been a really beautiful thing on Mondays. I've been calling them memory Mondays. And I've been going on Instagram and just singing scripture. I, Cause I'm like, this helps. This is how I help my kids memorize scripture. I just sing it. And so that is one way. And then the other thing that I do, Therese, is I write, I write it on little cards and I have them all over. I have them on my mirror. I have them in the kitchen. I have them in the car because road rage. Um, Seriously, so I like, need to have a scripture that I look at before I walk into Walmart. Honest to God, because if I don't, something ugly is going to go down before I get to the self-checkout every Therese, time. I've got it. That I've is got my this, battleground. Song. Okay. Here it is. Okay. Be kind to one another tender-hearted, forgiving each other as God in Christ forgave you. Ephesians 4.32. <laughs> I love it. Is we sing that. I sing that to my kids. They're kind of like, mom. And I'm like, no, <laughs> nope. We are going to be, we are going to be kind in our family. And we are going to ask God to help us to be kind to uh -huh. each other, to ourselves. I mean, to be kind to ourselves. I can be the worst. I am I would never want anybody to hear some of the things that I say to myself. I am mm -hmm. the worst. I'm the meanest to myself. And so sometimes I have to sing that just for, for that kind of self-hatred and self, you know, mm -hmm. just like 
not kind. It's right. like, that's not what God wants for us. We we want to speak life. Mm. So it's been a really beautiful thing. I'll sing that to my kids <laughs> or I've actually had, this is the best. I've had my kids sing it to me where I'm like, mommy did not do good guys. I really messed up the plan and I am so sorry. I did not do good. And my little girl will sing mom, be kind to one another. She's like, you need to be kind to yourself. So I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for this. You know, I mean, even the way that our brains are wired, like scientifically, like we, like the renewing of our minds, like we get to choose what thoughts that we think. And, and really when we start thinking other thoughts, it creates new neuro pathways in our brain. Like scientifically, that's how our brains work. And so this idea of replacing this lie, this negative thinking with this beautiful truth about who we actually are and going down that way. My little sister says it like, um, she goes, you know what? I don't even have time for this whole comparison, believing lies game. What if I actually just took God at his word? And like believed that what he said about me is true. I would like to try that, please. And I was like, yes, do it. Do it. So we've got 100 days of speaking truth. Which day was the hardest to write? I love that question, Therese. I think, I think for me, and I think it's actually in the book, it's the first day. But the uh, Philippians 4, 4 through 7 Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. Don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And that peace of God that transcends our understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And that one was hard to write because that was a an intense, I think that command rejoice always you know, it feels like when it's, everything's going good, you're like, yes, Lord. But when you get the call from the doctor and the cancer diagnosis comes back and it's like, that's the journey that you're on. You're like, I'm supposed to rejoice in the middle of that. And so that one was, yeah, it just was, it was, um, what a really hard thing to live and to lean into. But as I did follow my mom and dad's kind of example of, rejoicing, even as they're running into all the darkness ahead of them, man, I encountered the peace of God and it was backwards and upside down. And so I think living into that promise was really hard, but also really rewarding. Um, and so that was a, that was a heavy one to live and then to, to relive and write again. Uh, but it's also been one of the most powerful promises that God has sort of written into the depths of my heart and I'm grateful for it. So when is your scripture CD coming out? <laughs> I know everybody keeps asking me. I don't know. I'll see. I feel like I'm picking up a trail of breadcrumbs with that. It's okay. interesting because all the, all of the, you know, the little memory Mondays, it's just like these little verses. So they're like, I'm like, I don't know how that works, but, but I'm listening to whenever God gives me instruction to do that. Oh, so Ellie, good. you're a joy. Thank you for making time for me. If you've enjoyed this episode of Therese Talk, be sure to subscribe and look for the next episode on Tuesday morning. If you really loved it, consider making a gift to Family Life, the ministry this podcast is a part of. Just go to familylife.org and find out more about what we do. 